0: welcome to another episode of sci-fi nomads i am dustin joining me as always is
1: lauren who can introduce herself when <laughs> she is expecting it
0: <laughs> and we also have our friends josh and danielle here again with us hello hello uh, i'm guessing you can and rocco of course is with us our sweet little chihuahua
1: our special little guy
0: so today's movie we're talking about is the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy from my favorite movie 2005 so lauren take it from here
1: Um, that's not my favorite movie, but it is based off my favorite book, which is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams that came out in 1979. Yeah, 79 after the uh, BBC radio series aired in 78. So it's been around for a while. I've read it probably more than a dozen times. Yeah, I even did a paper once on sci-fi comedy inspired by Hitchhiker's Guide. It's Great. It's a good time. I love it. About aliens. Yeah. Space travel.
0: Okay, so the start was basically Arthur's freaking out by a construction crew getting ready to demolish his home, to put it in an expressway, and what he's not aware of is the fact that that's happening
1: to Earth. Yeah, that's happening to Earth, and the only person on Earth who is aware of this besides the dolphins who have left um, is his friend and cohort, uh, Ford Prefect. Who just learned that morning who just learned that morning which is sad that nobody gets the joke anymore because the the Ford Prefect car never got released to America so that oh. that joke died in the in the 80s <laughs> so oh, that's he introduced himself as Ford Prefect to the cars which he thought was the uh apex
0: right right
1: yeah cuz Ford Prefect was
2: the name that he chose uh, because he thought that that would be the most normal name. Most normal
1: name. Allowed him right to, in. Yeah. Wow. It's still weird.
0: So if they had updated it, it would have been Toyota Camry?
1: <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Or Honda Civic.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or uh,
0: Ford F-150. If it's in the U.S. <laughs> there Statistically, we go. yeah. Since so that has been yes. The best-selling model of, of automobiles in the U.S. for like 30 years.
1: That's true. That would be a terrible name, though. <laughs> I'd feel sorry for any kid with that name.
0: So then the Vogons show up with their spaceships to destroy Earth.
1: And our heroes hitchhike onto the ship using a little electronic thumb. Uh, it's not the Vogons that they actually catch the lift with. It's the cooks. Um, they didn't really cover that in the movie, though. We didn't. And I, I think they just basically stowed away on board. Yeah, I think
2: yeah. the idea... And, and, and then and were that. punished for it. Yeah, the idea in the movie was that you can just hitchhike onto anything as Stow long as away. you've got your as long as you've got your ring and your towel mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I think the, the ring's
3: really the one you need the towel's oh, just true. the, the towels. towel's just smart it's not it's just it's not needed
2: the Vogons themselves though it shows them when they show up they're getting their own food so they obviously don't need cooks in this version yes that's true
0: mm. okay and, and the way they destroyed Earth was kind of interesting they have a bunch of little ships that form a perfect grid completely circling earth and then apparently just vaporize it. It was very
3: Independence Day. I I did like
0: that. Uh, The the part that bothered me with it is just the fact that it would have been an insane amount of energy if they'd actually converted all the matter to energy and any other way of doing it, it would have just been a giant mass of asteroids flying everywhere.
3: Oh, see, in the first, like, four and a half minutes of watching this, even previously, I had to give up all pretense of science fiction and go straight to science fantasy into mm. the same realm that i put like star wars and then it made it okay because otherwise the the logistics holes that are inside of this could uh
2: <laughs> aliens yeah i don't know i kind of feel like this was on purpose because it's supposed to mimic arthur's house being torn down which is also not a very civil way to go about things so it it, it was just backlashing off of
3: well and i get it was also supposed to be a more of a comedy than anything else and that was that was fine. It it needed that slapstick element. It needed the ridiculum. It, it made it all work, but it just it wasn't science fiction.
1: Oh, yeah. And, so and we invited Josh to be the naysayer today. <laughs> yeah. And then when so they get the, the
3: you can gun, throw your proverbial uh, rotten fruit at me.
0: They took the slapstick Black. to like the furthest extent possible. The literal.
1: When there They're are literally the sticks gun. slapping them. Yeah. I well, thought what that. The hell, that's awesome. That was probably <laughs> thrown in by Douglas Adams himself to make show more interesting and, I don't if, and if
3: you can't see that that's science fantasy at that point i don't i have no words for you i'm sorry well
1: we're it's my favorite <laughs> one so we're gonna and, do and that's it fine anyway.
3: that's fine <laughs> it, it is entertaining it is just in that level of uh i, I found the words earlier of, of juvenile science fantasy and And
1: which it is i mean the, the, very the, entertaining. the books especially are, are very targeted to the 12 13 year old range which is probably when i first read it And then... I
3: was going to say, which is, I'm sure, why you have so much nostalgia for it, too.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Um, It was one of those first major novels that I remember reading and enjoying, besides, you know, the ones that I was forced to read and not enjoy. Like, Hatchet six times. Seriously, public education. (laughs) Catch up.
0: Yeah, and my first exposure to it was when I was in college, when it came out in theaters in 2005. Uh, I had a, a friend who was really excited about it It was an actual fan and i went ahead and went along to the theater since actually getting a chance to do something with friends wasn't very common so i jumped at that and yeah it was interesting
3: i'll see and i i probably have negative connotations for it because i knew an idiot that loved the the books and collective writing much more than a person should and i associate it with that to some level
1: oh Hmm. yeah True. There's always that one fan ruins it for everyone. (laughs) I'm probably that person for a lot of people. Um, I do have an interesting tidbit. It is straight out of Wikipedia,
2: but I thought it would be nice to read. Uh, The script we shot was very much based on the last draft that Douglas wrote. All of the substantive new ideas in the movie are brand new Douglas ideas written especially for the film by him. Douglas was always up for reinventing Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in each of its different incarnations. And he knew that working harder on some character development and some of the key relationships was an integral part of turning Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy into a movie.
1: Hmm. Yeah, um, to make a good movie out of it versus like a like a series like they did before, you he, he had to have a little bit more character drama. Yeah, and character development that that tends to not work as well. Um, at,
3: well, and you probably had to give leeway to things like uh, hitchhiking onto the Cook ship and it just being the Vogons for pacing and so
2: forth
1: yeah right. that mm-hmm. and they obviously uh spent a lot of time and money on those vogons. <laughs> that oh, was why not it? Use puppeteering them? man that was pretty it looked very hot uh, you think
3: it was puppeteering or people in in suits
1: it's, it was a combination um where they there are scenes where there are obviously people in suits and then there's the close-ups where it's mostly puppeteering mm. uh, like the lips and stuff that was all puppeteering mm. but uh they did a good job with the Vogons.
0: They were creepy.
1: That's precisely. Hunchbacked and
0: their noses were higher than their eyes. Yeah.
3: I, I still say really? Hamakavula takes the uh, creepiness cake with the robot thing crossing who, the that,
1: table. I, mean, I think he's mentioned in the book once, but uh, they really delved into him in the, in the movie. Yeah, they really did. Um, so after after the our main characters are uh, captured by the Vogons who eventually find them, they get shot into space because they're... Checkers.
3: After they read them poetry. That's After important. they
1: read them terrible poetry.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then uh, they get picked up by a ship, Heart of Gold. Right. Yeah. I yeah. can't remember what it's oh, called. Yeah, I can't the remember. Do gold. we have
3: to call spoiler alert or will people? No, we this don't. This show oh, okay, is totally
1: good. based on spoilers.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. If you're listening to this, you already expect it. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. That's why we're at now we're announcing what movies we're going to be doing so that people can watch them and enjoy the show.
3: Ah. So, right.
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> well, where was I uh, Launched into
3: space. Uh, heart yeah. of Gold.
1: Heart Go. of Gold picked him up. Zaphod Beeblebrox and Trisha McMillan slash Trillion.
2: What was fun about watching them get jettisoned from the Volgon ship and then getting picked up by the Heart of Gold was being able to count down to 30 seconds or count up to 30 seconds. Oh. Because that's the amount of time that they're allotted in space before they ultimately die. That's awesome.
0: Well, it, One of the things I really liked about that is the fact that you know, the, the normal sci-fi, what happens when you get launched into space is your, your blood immediately boils and your eyes explode.
3: Which isn't correct.
0: But not even close. Uh, they, they've actually, due to accidents, uh, found how long you can survive in a vacuum. It's like three or four minutes, isn't it? The record is six. Yeah. Um, the chance of brain damage goes up the longer you're exposed to it, but two to three minutes is pretty common for humans. They intentionally did experiments with chimpanzees and dogs.
1: I was going to say a moment of the silence for all the little animals that have been shot yeah. into space.
0: Oh, those! All those experiments were happening in a. a oh
3: yeah, they did chamber in, yeah. in,
0: in on Earth. But, oh, okay, but
2: also, it was much also more for terrible for the little animals that were shot in space. Yeah, let's,
3: let's, yeah, yeah, The animals in space—that's different. This is a chamber in Virginia or something.
0: Right, and, and the the biggest thing that would happen is your within like thirty seconds, uh, your tongue freezes from all the evaporating moisture off of it, and. You lose the sense of taste for anywhere from twenty-four hours to about a week, and then it comes back.
3: Doesn't say beyond the weird zero or the the weird cold stuff. It, it basically is just like being plunged into water. Mm-hmm. Symptom wise, it's, it's it's suffocation.
1: Yeah, suffocation, no breathing.
3: Yes. Oh, and that. there
0: there was one uh, spacewalk <laughs> where Irrelevant. they didn't they, they didn't actually announce entirely that it, release that this had happened for like a decade or two afterwards, but. The astronaut was out there, and at some point, a puncture formed in his spacesuit, in the glove, and the only thing that he'd noticed was his hand got cold. He didn't report it to mission control. He was out there for about 12 hours, and a patch of his, I think it was his thumb, was exposed to the vacuum of space, probably for anywhere from 5 to 12 hours, and other than a little bit of swelling for a little while, it was fine. Wow. Lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but getting back to the the movie, um, one of the things I actually really appreciated with it was the the little details they put in uh, the the passages from the Hitchhiker's Guide to help explain as a, a tool of exposition.
1: Oh, voiced by Stephen Fry. Oh yeah,
0: that was that was well done.
1: It was awesome.
3: Yeah, they they have the little passages there, and honestly, now that. Uh... Mr. Spock, I can't remember his name. Leonard Nimoy? Leonard Nimoy has passed. I uh, I think uh, Stephen Fry should be doing that for uh, the Sid Meier Civilization Games now, mm. for the voiceover, because that, that really struck me with the voiceover. I like that. Yeah. He's a good voice for well, it. And,
0: and like for, for an example in the detail, with the Vogons and the poetry, it was the third worst poetry in the universe.
3: Yeah, and they had to elaborate on the first and the second. And, yep. Yeah. Second
0: worst being some other species poetry, and the worst was Bowed a particular... To a lump
1: of green putty I found yeah. in my armpit one midsummer morning.
0: And then the absolute worst was some poem on Earth that was fortunately destroyed when the planet was. By a couple in Suffolk. You know who you are. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> oh, man. So good times. Um, at this point, we're introduced to Zaphod Beeblebrox, the president of the galaxy. Two heads, three arms
3: mentally retarded
1: it, the but main head charismatic. is charismatic
0: <laughs> the main head is is mentally developmentally delayed the secondary head appears to be a lot smarter and aggressive yeah
1: i think the two well he took his brain and split it in half between two heads so the two of them together is a whole person
2: yeah initially it was so that he could hide his personality from the galactic empire as he went through screening to become President, presidents which of course they never cover so it's just a fun coincidence that he's an alien with two heads and three arms
1: yeah huh.
3: more crazy random happenstance
1: yeah and then um Odd. we've got trisha mcmillan who was a fling that arthur dent had on earth who uh was whisked away by a party crasher when he said hey do you want to check out my spaceship and she did turns out it was a fad
3: uh, i wonder how many guys try and use that as a pickup line
1: I'm you want to check out different my spaceship planet.
3: Yeah, you, you gotta swish. deliver the whole thing, yeah.
1: Hair swish. And, um, <laughs> yep, so Arthur Dent has to come. And that's what the, the rest of the movie is, like, if you have character drama of any kind, it's it's about those two trying to reignite what was left, I guess.
0: Well, he's trying to get her the whole time. And, and being she's a real jerk about it. slowly realizing that she made the wrong choice.
2: Yeah. Well, he didn't make it easy on her. He was sort of demanding it from her from the beginning.
3: Yeah. It was pretty painful all the way around. Yeah.
1: But Zoe Deschanel, so cute. So cute. She goes by Trillian.
0: But, okay, she realizes that she'd made the wrong choice. No shit. They're the last two humans.
1: Well, that was beside the point.
3: It's okay. In the other book, she expands on bad choices. Wow.
1: Yeah, it kind of becomes more about her. Yes. In some of the books than Mr. Dent.
2: Yeah. And that's definitely in the books. It was way different in the movie. Uh, In the movie, they do hook up in the end and... There's a, a nice kiss scene and then...
1: Yeah, it's finish. sweet and then you're like, yeah, that's not what happened, but whatever. For the movie, it's a movie. It's a big, it was it's a big that, blockbuster, it's that too. It's character development. They had to... Uh,
2: relationship development that was mm-hmm. needed for the movie.
1: And what they didn't really get into in the movie was the whole reason why Zephod become president in the first place was to get to Magrathea, which was the planet creator, which was to get the question that the answer of the universe and... They they kind of like which of course we're all disappointed about the way they they handled that.
2: Uh, basically, there was no way to figure it out.
1: You couldn't figure it out if you'd read the book. You were going like, "Oh, okay, I see where that went." If you hadn't read the books, so that that whole They made it seem more coincidental, it seemed purposeless, not um, mm-hmm. unravelable. Yeah, there was there was I mean there was a reason why he people voted for the worst dressed person in the galaxy. And that person happened to win the presidency. That was a total... I mean, they scammed the galaxy into voting for this guy into president. They don't really expand on that. Yeah. Huh. But,
3: but they did make fun of it.
1: But they did make fun of it, and they did introduce um, Hava Kabula, who is played by John Malkovich, who we mentioned earlier as being the creepiest character in the movie. Entirely. Uh, oh, my God. And he has a deadpan voice. Oh, so good. Space pirate
0: turned religious leader.
1: That that sounds like a classic setup. Yeah. Sounds it's a classic setup of creepiness and scariness.
0: And their god is an, a handkerchief?
1: Uh, no,
2: no, no. no. Their, their god is a nose who oh. sneezed the universe into existence. Oh, okay. So they're praying for the handkerchief to come and wipe away all of the bad
1: stuff.
3: Hmm. Amen. <laughs> all <laughs> Achoo. right.
1: Achoo. Bless you. It's bless you. Oh,
3: yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Bless you.
1: Oh. With the little hand symbol. Well, and, oh, God. It's funny. And actually,
0: when you, you compare that to a lot of the creation myths that are out there, uh, Much of them start with something spewing forth from a deity.
1: Yes. Usually not from the nose. Right. Yeah. uh, I'm glad
3: they
0: don't go other places either.
3: (laughs) No.
1: uh, Douglas Adams uh, critiques religion on several occasions in his books. Well-known atheist. Well-known atheist. And he does it
0: as PG and non-offensive as possible. It, well,
1: it
3: is it's very comical it's like oh, you if you it's make all it li- about
1: an alien civilization it's not it's like you're not actually talking about humans and their religious things and, mm-hmm. but it was, it was it was good nonetheless so um our characters uh, main characters go off to find Havla Kabula who says i want this gun if you give me this gun i'll give you the uh coordinates to Magrathia, which again carries the uh, apparently the question to the answer to yes the second greatest computer ever created lives
2: on magrathea yes and of course the greatest computer ever created was
1: the planet earth mm-hmm. and uh yeah but no
3: one knows until the end basically yeah,
1: yeah. and it, the whole
0: time was waiting for a human brain to get merged with it
1: well uh, that that's that was their backup plan um, Basically, they needed, Arthur, to they needed Arthur's a brain, human
0: brain that's
3: merged to, with the planet to restart
2: once. the program to as, as close as intact as it was previously to the Earth exploding, because Arthur was the last human being on the planet. So his okay. brain would have some trace of the answer in it.
1: But um, it would have to restart the program. It wouldn't solve the program. They have to. They would still
2: have to... But at least they wouldn't have wasted all of that 10, 000, uh, 10, which, 10 million
1: years.
3: Which I always wondered why they didn't go after Trisha's brain
1: because she was not the last she person. was off of Earth long enough that
3: that her brain wasn't affected by being
1: the no. Last it's just l- Arthur Dent's brain was better. Ah, it's like if you have the choice between the two, and I, she would probably be a good backup. I believe they the did They did up. mention it in the movie, but
2: uh, the reason for that was because the the Earth was five minutes away from discovering the answer before it exploded. So they needed to be as close to that
1: point right. as possible. Yeah, it was. It, it came down to, they asked the, the for the answer to the life, the universe, and everything, and deep thought, this big computer, gives them the answer of 42. After seven million years. After seven mm-hmm. million years. Says, I don't know what the question was, so I'm going to create a computer that will, and then five minutes before it comes up with the answer, it gets crushed. What do you mean? It was the ultimate question to life, the universe, everything. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's very silly.
1: It is. It was, um, it was definitely, I mean, it, it was made for adults because of the, the the stuff that they talk about, but it was definitely PG mm-hmm. friendly. And, uh, which is why so many people love it because they probably read this when they were very young. And um, it's got that nostalgia factor to it. But, oh, so, um,
0: yeah, this would be a part of the the current trend of taking children's entertainment from the past and creating... The 80s, very, specifically,
1: right now. 80s and
0: 90s, specifically, yeah, and creating very adult uh, versions of it now.
1: Looking at you, Power
3: Rangers. Oh, oh, and for those directors that might be listening, this is an example of taking something and not changing everything about it that we knew and loved and remaking it in a form that we enjoy yes Just, uh, well, and that
2: was yeah. due to douglas adams hands in it oh yeah uh, he did create the script for it wrote most of it and i even saw his name listed as an executive director in it even though he died four years before it was produced
1: yeah mm. so um he did all the pretty much did all the legwork, and then uh he did the, away, the
2: pre-production yeah
1: and then they did the actual shooting without him but by that point everything else was already done and they left it pretty true to heart yeah uh, hmm. per what he,
2: he requested yeah uh, one of his requests was of course for arthur to, dent to be extremely british yes um which I'm, I'm not certain what that means but it seems like they did a good job i i love yeah. that he is in his pajamas for the entire
1: film yeah. Perhaps,
3: perhaps that's what it means to be British. The tea. The oh, tea. Yeah.
1: obsession with tea, being able to queue up in a line.
0: Mhm. Like the accent. The accent. Mostly the accent.
1: Well, I mean that's obviously very British. Everybody, just about everybody else besides the minor characters were um American. yeah Steff, mm-hmm. uh the guy who played Zaphod, I don't remember his name. They right. were I mean Zaphod they basically said let's get the biggest a-hole American personality. Maybe a little bit of George W. Bush in there. Yeah. And uh not it was to politicize the It podcast. was 2005. Yeah, but... Um, to- and then they make him into this character that is uh, narcissistic, egoist, and it worked out well.
3: Apparently Axl Rose wasn't available.
1: Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh,
0: but one thing also that I, I just recently learned is the reason why every science fiction alien world looks the same is because... If they're filming in Studio City in L.A., there is a 30-mile radius around it that is considered local, so you don't have to pay people from the time they leave their home just from when they show up on set, <laughs> and you don't have to pay mileage.
1: It's all taxes and mileage. Oh, geez.
0: It's it's all based on the, the union contract they worked out.
1: Is that why everything is filmed at uh, Vasquez Rocks? Yep. Very Nice. Oh, that's good time.
0: So you get the exact same city scenes and desert scenes, and if you're going for Alien World, you go for the same exact desert. Just okay. right outside of LA.
3: You know, you see a thing a lot of things being filmed in Georgia now. It makes you wonder what they're doing to, to take that away.
0: Taxes.
1: Taxes.
3: Oh, I'm I'm sure, I'm sure.
1: Um, what's there? We just did an episode on predators and predator. And Predators was mostly, was filmed 66% in Texas for a tax write-off. Like that, just, (laughs) these things go into productions of movies Mm -hmm. that you never really learn about or think about. It's weird. Oh, yeah, yeah. And even... Even Idaho's trying to get in on the game. They're trying to get movie studios to come up and film in places like Stanley and the mountains and the whitewater rafting and all that. Yes, it's beautiful. Come to Idaho. Yeah, it's not just potatoes. (laughs) Just just don't stay long. Yeah. Just don't live here. Yeah, and and
0: you can get really weird stuff that comes in with that. Because, like, uh, River Wild was all supposed to be filmed in Grants Pass, all the river scenes. They did all the underwater at the YMCA in Grants Pass. uh, That's Southern Oregon where I grew up. Uh, I saw them doing filming in Hell's Gate Canyon on the Rogue River, and they did some of the whitewater there, and they wanted to do the big whitewater scene on the lower Rogue they couldn't get the permit. Why? Because it was by lottery only.
1: Ooh.
0: And the lottery also pr- tells you when you can go.
1: That's not friendly.
0: So they did that in Montana.
1: I'm surprised I didn't make an exception for for big Hollywood big wigs.
0: Yeah, bad move.
1: Tinsel Town. Uh, the
0: BLM doesn't care.
1: No, that's true. Anyway, back to our movie. Yes, yeah. Um so this there's this this whole background conspiracy slash lot of trying to find the uh question to the answer to the universe. They finally make it to Magrathea uh where we get introduced to Slardy Bartfast who is awesome played by uh Bill Nye, um who's amazing. Yeah, very well done. Oh my god, I love that man. He he can deadpan better than just about anybody I know that I can see. Uh, uh, and this is where you find out that the
2: earth was the computer created by Deep Thought, mm-hmm. uh, and commissioned by, by, mice. by mice, built by the Magarthians. so
1: it is a an alien-made planet. And they have a backup copy. Yep. So that's where he, he takes Arthur Dent on this uh, tour of Earth, which was He'll really impressive in theaters. I remember when they do that first, they come into the center of the planet where they do all the building, and it's just like whoa that was cool yeah, i don't remember if that was in 3d but that was my the one i went to was in 3d that, that oh. was so that scene was like really like whoa makes your stomach lurch kind of thing
0: and that would have been pretty awesome in imax too
1: yeah yeah definitely um huh. you know for that one scene
0: <laughs> yeah yeah the uh, but and the mice are trans-dimensional or pan-dimensional yes beings
1: Yes, they were the original magra. Uh, the original they weren't magratheans. The original no, they pan-dimensional beings that yeah. ordered the creation of deep thought, and then later commissioned the creation of Earth. Cu- were on Earth as two little white mice, which happened to survive because they were with Trillian the whole time. Mm-hmm. It was her pet mice, and well, presumably it was or something all along mice. those lines. they hitched a hike
2: in the? In the, in the movie series, they were they were also hitchhikers. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were
3: in his bag or something
2: like they that. They were in Trillian's bag. And
0: they actually did a really good job of hinting to that at the beginning when they said that these evolved apes were the third most intelligent species on the planet.
1: Right. They never mentioned what the first most intelligent they species They said the is. dolphins
0: were the second most. Yeah, and
3: totally skipped number one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then... Well, that, well
3: and then you had the fun little scenes of the, you know, they get onto the ship and he drops his bag and the little mice scurry out and you're like, what's with the mice? Oh, moving on. But they Oh, they're playing with wires.
1: Look at the little critters. They're playing with wires. Oh, moving on. Oh, they're hitting the button. It's like, oh, oh, I get it now. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, he does a good job explaining. He's like, oh, no, 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 you're confused. We did experiments on mice so that we can learn more about ourselves and dot, dot, dot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how they learned more about you is by letting you experiment on them. That's, that's kind of sick and twisted, but... <laughs> They so, tried to steal his brain. They were already sick and twisted.
0: You now, is it just those two mice, or is it all mice?
1: Uh, it's They're just
2: supposed to be those two yeah. mice. Uh, and and in the movie, you see that the people who've requested, uh, people's a rough term here, who request from deep thought the the answer and then the equivocal an- uh, question uh, are the same people who end up being the mice in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he so squishes. So they lived with for those 17 oh, so million those, years. those
3: two people that we're talking to? The little president. girls. Right. Ah, okay. I think
2: one was a boy. No, there were two girls.
3: Well, two children at the very least. Yeah, two children. I'm with you.
0: That seven uh, years later are still children. Seven, sorry, seven million, million years seven later. Million, yeah.
1: Pandimensional mice. Creepy well, with the black dimensional beings
2: who then need to divert down to mice form to run the planet. To hide
1: and i forgot my favorite character in the entire series of everything that's marvin the paranoid android um uh,
0: paranoid they...
3: paranoid you mean depressed
1: sorry in in the books that's his title is marvin the paranoid android oh, okay paranoia is a part of his pers- his people personality but it's mostly depression well it, the depression's just a side uh it's it's
2: what happens when you have genuine people personalities he wasn't uh formed with it but it happened. That hmm. it's just the depression happens guys
0: yeah but the ship was Struggles intentionally real. formed to be happy
1: and then uh, f- yeah so which, which was
3: uh, kind of conflicting as you watched it because the ship hello friends you know everywhere Hi, it goes.
1: Friends, uh, we have two missiles eddie. heading straight for us so eddie has
2: a couple of different personalities and that's his main one you're supposed to be able to pick different personalities depending on what suits you but the doors are all have smart personalities as well, genuine people personalities, and they just happen to be happy to open because that's their only purpose. Their
1: only mm. yeah, they're sunny and uh, bright and sunny disposition. So anytime you let them open Aww. for you, they are ecstatic.
0: Okay, that makes sense. I guess they're,
1: It's their only purpose. Eddie is is a bit more complex, um, but they did a good job of of Eddie in the uh, in the movie. Yeah, he was. They enjoyable. did a good job with him in the um, the BBC TV series too, and I think that was all based off of the original voice work that was done for the radio show, if I remember correctly. I think that's they pretty much base Eddie off of all off of that original broadcast. Hmm. Super happy and pleased to help you out. And crashing, <laughs> burning—it's great. I'm pleased to tell you we have two missiles headed for <laughs> us.
0: If nobody objects, I'm going to take. evasive Evasive maneuvers now
1: (laughs) it's great i love eddie so optimistic so they reach Magrathea and then um there's a voicemail basically that tells them okay we're closed they keep going and they're saying okay well thanks for your enthusiasm there's two missiles heading for you now
3: how does one close a planet thermonuclear warfare there you
1: go and so the question comes up was like okay how do we dodge these missiles they hit the uh the heart of gold's uh
3: improbability drive?
1: Improbability drive and it brings them to the same spot but it turned the missiles into a sperm whale and a bowl of petunias oh yeah so the improbability drive
2: we haven't we haven't touched on no so uh all other ships of course use uh hyperspace to mm-hmm. to jump which is messy because you have to still go from from point a to b but the improbability drive allows you to—it's it's a new creation, which, of course, was immediately stolen by the president of the the galaxy. And this allows you to go through all points simultaneously and then arrive at a destination that you generally don't know about in a form that you generally don't know about. Right.
1: It- The yarn scene was really good. They show up at one point as little yarn crocheted people and their ship is made of yarn.
3: They're all made of yarn. And he throws
1: up and it's all yarn. It's great. (laughs) Yep.
0: Because you have no idea where you're going to end up and no idea what species or material you and the ship and everything we made out of, but eventually does return to normal or to normalcy when you return back to your normal state.
1: And I, in, in both the BBC version and this movie, it seems like that's Trillian's main job, is to tell you when things are normal again. <laughs> huh. It's like, that's, that's like her purpose. It's okay. To monitor that probability, the improbability Well,
2: you, you really don't want Eddie telling
1: you.
3: Cause... The The Sigourney Weaver of Galaxy Quest, is that what we're going with?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Tiny totally. Dory. Which we should totally do a show on. <laughs> but one of the things that was,
0: that was pretty awesome with it is the, the basic concept there of the improbability drive, it actually kind of resembles quantum computing, where it's simultaneously due to improbability, or not improbability, but uh, indeterminacy is in a hyperstate, which allows it to do multiple calculations supposedly at the same time.
1: Boom, there's your science. And they, they sort
3: yeah. of touch on that, and then they turn it into uh, people taking women's clothes off and moving them a foot to the left, scientists being angry about that because they're not invited to those parties.
0: Yep, that and also the ship turning into petunias and fruit.
1: Yeah. Uh, the interesting note that they ma- mentioned was uh, there was a sperm whale that appeared out of nowhere up in the atmosphere. Yeah, when they hit
2: the drive uh, while they were in the atmosphere, magrathea It stayed in the same place, but the missiles turned into a sperm whale
1: and a bowl of petunias and the bowl of petunias is a great, has a great backstory. I love the story of the bowl of petunias, but they don't get into it in the movie and it takes several books for them to explain what's going on with that. And, um, it's, Hmm. it's fantastic. It's, uh, the bowl of petunias comes into existence, falls by a ship, looks over and sees Arthur Dent and says, this is my demise it's all his fault basically oh no not again and the books go through this series of events where arthur dent causes the destruction of the same being in all these different forms over and over again he it he kills a rabbit when he's on primitive earth he swats a fly um he this bowl of petunias this is and it's all the same consciousness Throughout all of these things, and Arthur Dent is killing it over and over again. Huh. <laughs> and Weird. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, this, I love this. I love this series. That's that's cool. It is cool. And, and they, Whale just has a funny little conversation with itself as it falls to the, the ground. With and then the a horrifying end.
0: With the Petunias, though, they did kind of hint to that with...
1: If we understood why the Bull of Petunias thought that, then we'd uh-huh. understand... A, a lot, lot more, more about the universe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they get into that in the books, and it's great.
0: And the whale was so happy
1: and so naive, and voiced by Bill Bailey, who is hilarious. You can find him on such shows such as Black Books and uh, Spaced. Anyway, mm.
0: he's uh, good. Oh, and one thing we haven't touched on yet is the actual Hitchhiker's Guide.
1: Oh yeah, it's Vo- a it's voiced an by e-book. Stephen Fry.
0: Yep, and it's an ebook that is ridiculously thick, but for 2005, it's it's reasonable. I'll give it to them.
1: It has the galaxy's information in it.
0: Right. Yeah. And you open it, and there is no seam, even though it folds completely you know, closed.
1: It's the future alien right. stuff. You
0: open it, the screen is intact, no seam, it's got two speakers, it is rather loud, and it can listen to your questions and give you the answers from the book.
1: It's fantastic. And, and the has... Encyclopedia
0: Galactica.
2: Well, they touch on the Encyclopedia Galactica, Galactica and how it's irrelevant compared to The Hitchhiker's Guide to Yeah, that's oh, one of the right, books that yeah.
3: sells better than.
1: It sells better. It's mm-hmm. slightly cheaper.
3: yeah,
1: And has the words, don't panic. In large, friendly le- uh, letters on the cover. Friendly
3: letters. Friendly so letters.
1: Um, which, you know, it's great advice. It's just great all-around advice for no matter what you're doing. Just don't panic. And uh, I love how they made Ford very much Like, that's his personality. Yeah, the embodiment of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book,
2: because before they're about to be pushed into space, he's in there saying, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic.
1: Yep. So he explains to Arthur Dent, and they've been friends for years, um, that he's not from England with Mm -hmm. an American accent, which I thought they they mentioned that. That was kind of funny. He was like, yeah, I thought your accent was always a little off. A little off um but he was actually a journal writer for the hitchhiker's guide and he was doing uh work on the new expanded edition. Mm. And in the books um Arthur Dent says, "Well, what does it say about Earth?" and he looks it up and it says harmless. he gets really upset. He's like, "That's all they have for the whole planet of Earth is harmless." Well, there's a lot of planets and there's a lot of stuff to write yeah, about. Yeah, so he tells us, "Okay, well you've been doing all this research, surely you've updated." He's like, "Yeah, now it's mostly harmless."
0: But okay, if, if <laughs> thermonuclear weapons are still a concern in the universe, we have nukes.
1: That's why it was updated to Mostly Harmless. Yeah, that's the mostly bit. Oh, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We're, we're still like little kids playing with toys where we don't know how to use them.
2: And those thermonuclear weapons were on Magrathia, a planet that had been asleep for
1: five million years.
3: Also, they yeah. were round in the middle, which apparently changes the way they work.
0: Yeah, that was weird. Not
1: aerodynamic, as Not Josh aerodynamic pointed out. Not aerodynamic at all. A negative nancy tearing <laughs> apart my favorite movie
3: but it's but it's science fantasy look away fair
1: enough fair look enough away josh suspend disbelief
3: gouge one of my eyes out
1: <gasps> that's the way you have to go yeah man that's what if that helps you enjoy things more in life
3: no that's six beers
1: oh that's our problem we didn't get you drunk first
3: if we ever cover a really bad one i will not be sober for it
1: oh man we've, we've covered some bad ones already
2: yeah
1: space truckers was amazing space truckers was pretty amazing (laughs) (laughs) but um oh the whole reason why we're doing this episode now is it's a little early um
0: well not when this is released
1: well yeah even when when this is released it will be two episodes in a month and that's not normal for us um that's because may 25th is towel day Mm -hmm. which is a celebration of douglas adams and his works um, it's also known as International Geek Pride Day because it was the date of the Star Wars release in the 1970s. So you have both Star Wars fans and uh, Hitchhiker's Guide fans who are celebrating mm. a big holiday on May 25th. So,
0: it, it, Where where does May 25th come in with, with Douglas Adams?
1: It was the day he died. Okay. Which is really sad. Yeah. Because like we said, he died before this movie was actually made. Um, And that's just this was his final huzzah and he didn't get to see the final product but i think he would have approved he was definitely uh, a fan and it, having Stephen fry voice the the book uh was definitely strongly influenced by him they were friends in real life so that that works out he also um voices the uh Stephen fry voices the audiobook the first audiobook the first audiobook hmm that you can get on Audible.com, but we're not going to plug that because they're not paying us. But
0: you plugged it. You know, we, uh, on uh, Atheist Nomads, we actually did do Audible for a while and never got a penny.
1: Yeah. Nobody does Audible. I do Audible. Oh. Yeah. I oh, most people did YouTube and their downloads.
0: Audible's uh, actual referral amount is not bad if you actually get anybody.
1: That's true. I guess the best we could do on this show is do the books that the um, movies are based off of,
0: or the movies on Amazon. Yeah, you just do it all with Amazon links. But yeah, Um, but that's that's getting off off topic. Yeah,
2: we're great at going off topic. Um, Just real quick. Just uh,
3: true. We've went BLM to Amazon. We're trying to make you feel ashamed. Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Douglas Adams died on May eleventh. (gasps) Oh, then what's the twenty fifth all about? I know it's not his birthday. No, I think it's just the. They're calling it the Geek, world Geek Pride Day, where I think they're just trying to roll us all
1: into one little commercial holiday. Because uh, I've always known it as Towel Day. Hmm. We even have a Me poster well. that a friend made of us, of uh, Marvin. Yeah, that's how I've always known it.
0: So, kind of like President's Day. Yeah. Which is actually just Washington's birthday. Quit yeah. ruining the holiday for us. Officially, Sorry. it is Washington's birthday.
1: Sorry.
3: Yeah. I'm putting my fingers in my ears. It's la, like la, really nah.
1: close to that holiday, though. So. <laughs> it's, it's close enough. Yeah. He died,
3: yeah, died very close to it. It's, it's in his honor.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. Very nice. And
0: uh, w- what's the deal with a towel?
2: Um, So a towel is a hitchhiker's... It's the sign of a good hitchhiker if you have your towel. If you've been hitchhiking through the galaxy for years and years and you've gone to multiple locations and you still have your towel... It means that you are a good hitchhiker because you know how to keep a hold of your things. Okay. And subsequently, if you have a towel and you run across anybody who isn't a hitchhiker, they will be very likely to give you things
1: because they know that you can last a long time. Oh, huh. okay, cool. Yeah, and it has multiple uses. It can keep you dry. Um, it can wet you down.
3: You can you, fight with it, all sorts of
1: stuff. You can fight with it. You can protect yourself with it. And you can... Uh, Soak it in protein. Yeah, some hitchhikers have been known to soak it in in food types, protein mm, pro- supplements, and suck on and then, the corner. Yeah,
2: probably. so that you always have some sort of food.
1: Yeah, so the towels, the universal tool of the hitchhiker. I have one. It's a little black one that is just like a golf tea towel Perfect. that has the forty two on it. Perfect. It's very nice. um Yeah, you could also take it golfing. No, <laughs> golfing is not my sport. It's like a sport or something has balls little dimpled balls and clubs oh i would like the club part
3: you get you get to hit the balls with the club
1: yeah there we go
0: and so a caddy well you don't hit the caddy but <laughs> you can
1: <laughs> you can if you pay him enough
3: or if you render them unconscious <laughs> oh wow that yeah. got
1: rapey fast
3: <laughs> i i didn't say rape we had that's where you went with
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, another tidbit about the movie was um uh, Moss Def who has become quite a controversial figure. Apparently he's radicalized religion-wise. But this was before that, but apparently Moss Def was um inebriated in some form throughout most of the movie and, but apparently it made him hilarious to work with. Uh at one point they're getting a uh, Vogon poetry read to them and he's having this whole spasm like in the in the uh they're strapped onto a elevated table, and uh, apparently during filming, he just kind of fell asleep on it, and they couldn't wake him up. It's great, great fun when you're working with an actor that's like that.
0: Yeah, and so that'd be the actor that played Ford.
1: Yes. What was your first introduction to it? Um, I if My, my memory doesn't go that far back. All right, all right. I just know that my parents always had the books um ever ever since they were first released so we grew up with the books being on the bookshelf and my parents making references there is this old dos game called hugo's haunted house no hugo's house of horrors and one of the questions you have to you have to answer a question in order to move on to the next haunted room and one of the questions was what is the drink that zephod Bebelbrox invented Mm. and it's like in this game that came out in like 1980-something, 81, and they had this great reference to to the pangalactic Gargle Blaster, huh. which is supposedly the best drink in the galaxy. Yeah. Which feels a lot like having a your, lemon...
3: Lemon wrapped in gold blow your mind out or something no, like that? No,
2: wrapped around a brick.
3: A gold bar, that's what it was.
1: Gold brick. Gold brick. Smashed your brain out with a... Yeah. Great times. They did a great little scene on that in the BBC version where it had these aliens drinking it and then they're all passed out and the glass is tipped over and it's like burning through the mm. countertop. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's, that's a great party drink. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Like most alcohol.
0: Uh, a bit like, okay. It actually sounds a little bit like 151. Uh, ugh. Uh.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, one thing that does need to be gone over uh, in a lot of these sci-fi movies, one thing that's very important that a lot of these movies miss out on because they're, they're B-rated, they're low, lower budget is the music.
1: The uh, music for the show is pretty amazing. The music is very amazing. In fact, at one point at the very beginning, it was almost distracting. It's like, how does this movie fit this scene? It was very loud. Yeah
2: it was bad well, in, in the beginning and it's
0: it started out like it was the wrong movie like for a little bit i thought i might have played the wrong movie because it starts with uh dolphins
3: and nature sounds i was like are we watching a documentary here
0: yeah
1: but the 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 opening theme song so long and thanks for all the fish i didn't yes, find any reference but i think it won an award for um for it was like but, Best motion picture soundtrack of the year, or something, or perhaps they played it at the Grammys. That may have been it. Hmm. Where it didn't win an award, but it got played as like their main main song at, but, um, at the awards show. It's a catchy
2: tune, though. It is, and and this is a film where they really spent money on on sound and and with the soundboard. Um, the the scene where they're getting read poetry at. It, they're also overlaying Stephen Fry's voice narrating while they're screaming in the background, while there's poetry being read in the background, and Stephen Fry is telling you all about why they're reading poetry. Why it's so
3: horrible, what mm-hmm. you're listening to. Cr-
2: yeah, the but sound you can hear editing. the screaming in the background as the narration's going mm-hmm. on.
1: And um, one thing that I love is a throwback to the old BBC radio, which again was the first thing that was released, was um, the Eagles... Playing a song called the journey of the sorcerer wasn't wizard. It was sorcerer. And that's, uh, that's the theme song that came from the, they did it in the radio. They did it in the BBC television series. And then it was the second intro to the movie. The first intro was so long and things for all the fish. And then they played a little bit and then they show. And then they flashed the title screen. Then they flashed the title Mm -hmm. screen with the don't panic and playing this epic, sorcerer's journey well, and song i love that song
0: <laughs> after they've been they're in space yeah by that point
1: yeah i think earth is yeah, destroyed was and then to mm-hmm. the new title yeah. sequence so that i like that that was a good yeah. throwback for the fans uh they did
0: a good job of minimal stuff to date it uh there was the nokia
3: phone which again maybe he just liked his old phone
1: very
0: British. But that was that was it. Very British. Oh, and that phone would have been so snazzy for 2005. It the, would have, yeah. The keys were curved. It had a color screen.
1: Yeah, I remember 2005. That would have been a really nice phone to have. I blocked out 2005. I don't remember much of it, much less the phones.
0: I probably should have.
1: I think I only remembered the phones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
0: Yeah, and... uh okay so josh you you maintain that it's it's science fantasy not science fiction yes
3: why Uh, again there's there's just so many things that they they never try to explain and and i really i approve of that your infinite probability drive though it could be based around some legitimized math they don't even try they they take legitimized math they make it ridiculous they make it further ridiculous and they base a principle on the ridiculous, ridiculous principle and they run with it. And, and it works for that. But uh, it, it's it's not. It's
1: but not anybody fun. who's sitting there and trying to figure out the physics of it is just like, that's not what that means. Well, And that's it's...
3: exactly right. They, they take it to a ridiculous level.
0: Well, they do that in Star Trek as well with the Heisenberg yeah. compensator.
3: And Star Trek, yeah. I put into the science fantasy as well. So
0: Ooh. then what would actually be science fiction?
1: Fight. Well, space truckers.
2: I mean, really... (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
3: I'm going to need a minute.
2: (laughs) Really, you can't expect an author to also come up with scientific theories that uh, scientists can't even come up with. Uh, The best you can do is stay up to date and
1: then just... Familiarize yourself with jargon. If you Mm -hmm. can get the jargon down so it sounds... like widget Douglas Adams does a great job. He at mentioned inter- creating determinism and, and, I mean, he spins yeah. the jargon very well.
0: Now, the way I would like I draw the line is: is it is it space fantasy or science fiction? Based on is it unexplained science, and I am doing air quotes, which is great for a podcast, or Visual. or is it magic? Uh, Star Wars, I put in the fantasy realm because it's magic. I, right. It's inexplicable. That's, that's a, it's, right the it's force, wizards. The in, force is magic. It's wizards in space. Oh. And they basically try to explain it as it's magic. And the diehard fans, when they even do try to explain it as the midichlorians, <laughs> diehard fans will deny they exist yeah. as part of the Star Wars well, universe. Well,
3: and honestly, if the, the other, the other way that you can easily take that is if you can take all of the characters and turn it into a medieval setting and it still works, mm-hmm. it's perfect. It's, it's,
0: yeah. Yeah. Which Hitchhiker's Guide you can't do that with.
3: Well, you can't, but they they take science things and they run with them so far in well, different ways. Well, really, directions. you can't
2: I, do that with anything that transcends space and time.
0: I would put it into the realm of Probably. science fiction parody.
2: Yes, Fair. It's a
0: spoof yeah. sci-fi.
2: Yeah, it's, I mean... It's more comedy than anything. How close to I science think. fiction yeah. are you expecting this to get? As, well, uh, Yeah, a, Josh... Let's put you on the spot here. Because then nothing is science fiction by these terms.
1: There is science fiction out there that is, like, written by people who studied physics and... A
3: a great deal of science fiction is never turned into films, just to be clear, because it's too complicated, too long-winded, requires too much backstory. But a lot of the things that they do tend to turn that into, they just create problems with, like aliens. Aliens is meant to be in, in full seriousness. It's not a joke, it's not satirical, there's no underlying meaning to it, but when you look at it and you break it all down, there are problems that exist within it that they never quite explain or wouldn't make sense for a thing. Like when you have a, an evolution of a species, these things shouldn't work, this this doesn't add up. Those are problems that exist. It's still science fiction, it just doesn't work. This never tries to explain itself, and when it does, it uses hilarity. Rather than actual mm-hmm. legitimate answers.
0: But with even with Alien, the first one doesn't even try to explain it.
3: Well, that's because there's nothing to explain. Nobody knows. It's
1: a thriller. It, it just happens. wasn't supposed to be. It's,
0: yeah. It is. If you have this, apply the same objections on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy as, as proper science fiction, then Alien is horror, not sci-fi. Man, more or less it a, is. It's a space horror. Yeah. This
1: is why we can't get into the Marvel or DC Universe stuff.
0: No yeah, because
3: that's how that...
1: science based um a a comic could be. There are aspects within the universe that are magical and ruins the entire universe for us.
3: Well, and it comes from comic books. It's pretty clearly meant to be in fiction no matter mm-hmm. what you do. There with are sci-fi
1: it. comics.
3: There are. Yeah. They don't mesh in the Marvel
0: universe. No. Uh, Iron Man, would I would consider to be science fiction.
3: Right up until he runs into any number Doctor of characters. Doctor
0: Strange. Or... And, except for the other characters. yeah
3: yeah
1: But that's, I mean, if you take a character by character basis, yeah, you can... What about Spider-Man? Spider-Man? Uh, Spider-Man.
3: He can do whatever a spider can.
1: Well, I mean,
2: as far as the science fiction Super aspect goes. Super excited for the new
1: movie. It's... Again,
3: they—I I would say they try, but uh, you mesh him with anything else, and it goes out the window. Well,
2: no, because a lot of his 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 home opponents, at least, are science based as well.
1: Lab experiments gone wrong. No, no, right. I'm I'm with you Evil right up scientists. until he runs into
3: Doctor Strange and, and that then exists he joins the, the same Avengers, universe. and it ruins
1: everything. Yeah. Right. So.
0: Yeah,
2: but that's that's
0: okay. So.
1: That was a little touch of geeky yeah, that romance was, there. Right. That
3: was that was just the basis there. That was and that was just the basis. So,
2: as with that being the basis, I would still say "Hitchhiker's Guide to the
1: Galaxy" is science fiction. I would agree with that. You, there's a high level of suspension of disbelief, and there is a high.
3: Well, in that same way that if we take aliens and have to call it horror because it has no explanation of science, it's definitely science comedy.
2: Yeah, as far as the movie goes, it it was definitely geared more towards comedy, but in that same ratio was also geared more towards romance. Yeah. It was a rom com.
3: We'll call it a rom com. Science fiction sci fi
0: Rom
2: rom com. Sure. Uh
0: but I would also go with the audience. Uh Alien is R rated. You can get away with, and when you look at so many of of sci-fis for the movies, the best ones are all R-rated. True. The second best are PG-13. The worst tend to be PG. I would put uh, Star Trek as one of the few exceptions on that, where they finally started getting into doing PG-13, but it was all PG up to that point. And it's, it's your audience. You're... If your your audience is adults and you're willing to go ahead and put in the extra gore or nudity or the language
3: or questionable to get circumstances. That, yeah, to get or...
0: that rating, then you are free to just do a straight up adult movie and you can do it a lot deeper and more seriously.
3: When it's when you gotta play in the kiddie end of the pool, you can only go so far. Right.
0: You you have to make it light, you have to make it fun, and you, you have can, to
1: make it understandable. And you can get away with a
0: lot more gimmies.
3: Yeah, there can be that assumption, and that's that's really where I where I put my, my line at, at the...
1: I thought we were going to have to fight earlier. You were all like, nah, I don't really like it. I'm like, what are you here it's, for, Josh? It's
3: not, and it's not that Do I you don't like it. Do you want to
1: be it? famous on the internet? <laughs>
3: No, in the in the uh, and and again for those of you that went, oh god, he doesn't like this.
1: No, this <laughs> this is this is one of
3: those films that it's a uh, it's a B in my book. It's uh, something I will definitely watch. Blasphemous. Something that I don't particularly want to pay too much money to see, but I will definitely watch again. And you watched it for I free it at a
1: friend's house.
3: Yeah, no, and, and 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 I do own this movie. It's no, yeah, uh, we're going to go home and Danielle's... buy the Blu-ray. <laughs> but uh i've watched it a few times over the years and it's it's not a bad film at all it's definitely worth watching it's you should just, definitely
1: watch it with the commentary
3: it's just it's good right as after i this. as i said it's a little juvenile if you're if you're a little higher brow i i don't think you'll necessarily get as much as joy movie. out of it or if you're slightly drunk mm-hmm.
2: there you go that'll I, definitely i will help. admit to liking weird al yeah, yeah. yeah. what it's and weird al, weird al is a little
3: yeah. juvenile i don't care what you say
0: so, okay, the first time I saw this movie, I've seen it three times. Uh, first time was in the theater with a friend. I was 21. Juvenile movies still worked for me a lot better. I suspect here in a year or two, juvenile movies will work for me better again. But uh, <laughs> but the second time was hosting a towel day party. And whoop, whoop. between the alcohol <laughs> and friends and everybody talking and having fun, it was a great movie for that because... The plot is simple. It's easy. You can miss details and you're not going to lose the plot. You can step out, go to the bathroom, come back, and you've missed nothing. Yeah. Get a beer. Chug (laughs) a couple beers and you're still not likely to miss something. It's just a fun movie.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Is there anything else that we want to cover?
3: I bet. I was going to say, you want to go over your guys' ratings? I, uh, I already did mine. Watchability, Um, rewatch.
1: Watchability, um, it's it's up there, but it's not the ones it's not a movie that I can watch over and over and over again. Uh there are very few movies that I can. Um, but Futurama is up there (laughs) as an example. You can watch that up more over and over and over again. Especially if you're tired or drunk. Yep. For me it is there is a huge nostalgia for it. I could also watch the BBC version as terrible as that was. Um, another couple times and I'd be fine. Uh, So i put it at a B as well. But for the overall, like the graphics were amazing. The music was amazing. The acting was great. Um, It's just, yeah, it's kind of just one of those you you don't think too deeply. It's a brain dead movie. Fun to watch, but it's not the best one out there.
0: And I would go with, if you haven't seen it before, you have to. There are too many... Pop culture references that you are going to hear from people all the time that are based on this. That if you aren't familiar with them, they're weird. Forty two, yeah, as the the ultimate answer. You'll see that all over the place. Jersey numbers, lottery numbers, <laughs> and the Babel Fish. That w- that's a Google product. Is the or no no? It's not Google. Somebody is actually making a, a device called the Babel Fish. That comes from this movie. There are so many references that this is a a it's very iconic piece of culture.
1: Yeah, yeah. It used to be a uh, internet browser based uh, translator.
3: I think it still might. be. It
1: might still be around. Might, that that was might before, that might be who before makes Google it. did auto translate and yeah. stuff. That was the Bebelfish. If it was great.
0: And so watchable, definitely. It, it's it's a must watch. Just mm-hmm. don't
3: pay for it. Maybe
0: rewatchable. Blasphemous. If you're drinking or having fun with friends, it's great. It's a good party movie.
2: All right. And I, of course, uh, would normally rate this on a one to five scale for sci fi. Um, one being, that was horrible. I can't finish it. Uh, two being, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Space <laughs> truckers. The ending was not there, <laughs> but I watched the whole thing. Three being, yeah, I'm glad I watched that once. Four being, yeah, I'll buy the DVD and 5 being I'll buy the DVD and rewatch it at least once a year. I would definitely put this on a 5. Five,
1: right. 5 towels. You know what? I would agree with that. 5 towels because I do tend to watch it about once a year. Um right around this time of year. Yeah, as far as a sci-fi
2: movie goes, uh that's definitely the rating system. It's not Disney or anything. I'm not going to rewatch it day after day after day, but 5 towels for sure.
1: Sweet. All right. Well, so I would give that a four and a half stars based on <laughs> everybody's.
3: I'm, I'm sticking with my solid four.
1: That's all right. That's okay. We B. need those.
3: Yeah, A B C D
1: yeah. F. E F G. Then I, I would give X it
3: a five. I'd give it a solid B. L
1: M N O P Q R. Or...
3: One yeah. through five, A through F. Whatever.
1: We've got two Bs and five towels. Two As. <laughs> two Bs and two five towels plus or ten towels. Four, four like towels. One.
3: <laughs> Divide <laughs> then... by seven, and the answer is forty-two.
1: There you go. All right. 42.
0: Well, happy towel day, everybody.
1: Happy towel day. Happy towel day. day. Next month,
0: uh, we're doing The Thing.
1: The Thing. John Carpenter. Prepare yourself. There's two of them out there named the same thing.
0: And one is a prequel. The second is the prequel with the same name and covering the more interesting story. Yes. Confusing much. It is. It is. Um, All right. Yep. That's it for now.
1: All right. Bye-bye.
0: You can visit us on the web at scifinomads.com, email us at contact at scifinomads.com, tweet us at scifinomads, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash scifinomads. In each case, it's spelled S-C-I-F-I-N-O-M-A-D-S. No spaces and no hyphens. Theme music in this episode is Urban Jungle 2061 by Eric Matius www.soundimage.org.